welcome to our regularly scheduled episode of Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Yay. I'm Nick. I'm Alex. And I'm Elise. She we has- got our shit together. Yay! Uh, well, so yeah, we've had a couple of special episodes go up. We had uh, a late regular episode. Um, if you haven't checked those out yet, go back and check them out. They're, I guess, they're fine. They're, they're, the the special episodes are probably better than our usual fare at the very least. Yeah, the um, the the most recent thing that we have up there that you probably see right below, like like look just just down, scroll <laughs> down. Yeah, that uh, that is us playing spell with Taylor Smith, who is an awesome awesome person to have on the show again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, I just spent like two and a half days record uh, <laughs> editing that. <laughs> Alex hasn't slept. Um, yeah. It's going to be a fun episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, normally when we edit these things, we don't. We just kind of slap <laughs> some music on it and go. It's editing. It's editing. But uh, the problem was that the audio level, since we were recording with one microphone, the audio levels were all over the place. So I'm sure there's an easier way to do it, but I had to kind of click, drag, edit change the no volume. one cares mm-hmm. yeah i know i mean I'm we're all we're all mean. very we're actually all very grateful that you did that because otherwise it, it would i'm really appreciative i learned a lot of things about the way you guys speak gonna... <laughs> <laughs> tell us more are oh, you talking about me now go on um well i mean you were speaking with like an accent for your I character true, so it was true. always kind of drawn out yeah nick um you start loud and then get softer yeah, over the course of a sentence that's that true. sounds about right yeah um and yeah, so so. What quirk do you have? Did you notice? Um, I tend to be kind of staccato. Like mm. I have a, a word, a word, a word, and like I, I don't tend to have long sentences that drag on. At least it doesn't look that way in the recording. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> all right. Well. So anyway, now that you all know that useless stuff. Yay! <laughs> yay! Shop talk. Um. So. We're enjoying hamantashen. Yeah. We're... Oh my gosh! This is such good hamantashen. <laughs> it's forum. And it's gluten free. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy Purim, y'all. Happy Purim. It will y'all. not be Purim when you're listening to this. But. That's true. It will no longer be Purim. Uh, Man. Okay. We, we had frequent... We, we, we had to talk... We... We had to talk all about what this was before we started recording, because Elise was very insistent that this involved dr- heavy drinking. But. That's what my friends in college, college told me, okay? They were like, oh, we all get drunk, blah, blah, blah. And like, looking back on it, I'm like, maybe we were just in college. I feel like and it, it was just an excuse to get drunk. Literally every holiday up. is an excuse to get drunk and dress up in college. But it was poor. I felt so educated <laughs> coming from my very, my very Christian background. Uh, I just, I, mean, I learned so much. What did we do this week? I felt so... <laughs> Nobody's stopping you from drinking, Elise, yeah. if you want to. If you want to have a drink, we, we can drink. have a drink. It's Purim, guys. <laughs> I went to the liquor store today. There's there's, there's booze. <laughs> Maybe get a glass of wine. <laughs> get my Pinot Grigio. Oh, my God. Celebrate Purim. Uh, yeah, those, those uh, are my people. That's <laughs> Wasp, waspy <laughs> Jewish people. I'm, no, I'm very waspy. I'm, I'm so anyway. I'm Wasp? Waspy. Waspy. No, because like, the P is Protestant. So. Yeah, I know. That's that was the joke because <laughs> oh, she yeah. was talking about Pinot Grigio, oh. <laughs> and then she said those were her people. Uh, they just they understand. Okay? This is this is quality content. <laughs> this, is, this is great. This is the best show we've ever done. Oh All right, god, take we two. fucking suck. All right, welcome to Sumner's Have a Podcast. Happy Purim, y'all. <laughs> 
What do we do this week? Someone start I, us off. We haven't been drinking, by the um, way. This we really like, haven't. We really, really haven't. What did we do? Sugar high. Oh, we saw um, Happy Obligatory Black Panther episode. Oh, yeah. That's right. This is going to be three white people talking about Black Panther for a while. <laughs> yeah. Just hit fast forward. I mean, I really I feel like we have the most important perspective on it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm kidding. That was a joke. It was a joke. It was a really it was bad, a bad joke, joke. But it was a joke nonetheless. It was a good uh, movie, though. It was, was a, a great, great movie. movie. Great uh, movie. So yeah, are we going, are we starting with Black Panther because we all went to go see that? I guess. I mean, uh, you know, are we allowed to? We can we can spoil it. Perhaps? I listened to some. Uh, I listened to a We Hate Movies talk about it for like an hour. I'm pretty sure that we're allowed to talk about it. <laughs> all white people everywhere. You can with, talk about with, Black Panther with the. With the, uh, you know, necessary kind of uh, like caveat here at the beginning that we are, in fact, white. <laughs> uh, Just so you know. In case it wasn't obvious by my prenatal Grigio statement. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, Shut up. So, so if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want us to talk about spoilers. Or if you um, don't want to listen to oh, yeah, three incredibly true. privileged should, people talk about Should Black we Panther. talk about it at the end, then, if we're going to do spoiler cast? Yeah, maybe. I mean, but, I mean, honestly, do we have anything else to talk about? I have some I, other. Things I've got to a couple about. of things to talk about. Oh, 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 I know. At least I do too. Actually, at least no, has been working super hard at work and has not had time for fun things. And so yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of time to just kind of be on my own. So I've watched a couple of movies, and I haven't had time to do things, but I've done them anyway. Yeah. And so yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I don't sleep. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. 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 I've read about that. I love sleeping. Yeah. That's what great. I can talk about. Welcome back to the Sleeping sleep is cast. the best. Yeah, okay. Sleep. What? Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Talk I'm eating a dreams. fourth hamatashin. <laughs> like, I don't even care. I don't even care. It's like gluten-free. It doesn't have any calories. Oh it's God. gluten-free. It's got two sticks of butter in it. Okay. Yes, you were not. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Why did you tell me that? Not that particular cookie, Elise. They made like... They're not whole. <laughs> Each cookie is made with two whole sticks of butter. <laughs> This is great. Who's listening to this still? That's uh, fine. No one. Okay. Pick up your hum and talk. <laughs> I didn't eat it. Meeting number four, okay? Don't yeah. make fun of me. All right. So, okay. So, are we starting with Black Panther or are we starting with the other things? And then we'll get into spoiler cast at the let's, end. Let's start with other things and then get into spoiler cast. Okay. okay. So... You go ahead and start. Okay. Um, well, I watched a couple other movies because we, um, we talked about the Oscars last week. And I kind of wanted to go to try to see a few other, like, Oscar-nominated films uh-huh. or, like, things that, like, that I've been said, I've been told, like, they should have been nominated for more Oscars. So I saw um, on Amazon Prime the other day, I was scrolling through, and I saw one that I heard someone else mention as, like, oh, that got snubbed for an Oscar. It's called uh, Good Time. I hadn't heard anything about it before this, and so I just kind of went into it completely blind. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was not, I, I didn't think it was Oscar caliber, but it was really solid. Um, Robert Pattinson maybe deserves an Oscar if for nothing else than his, his, uh, Queen's accent that he's using in this movie. <laughs> like what is, what is this movie? Okay, I have so, heard of okay. So good time. It's a, uh, it's a crime thriller. Mm. Um, Robert Pattinson, who of is, Twilight? Of Twilight, who's actually a really good actor and just really hates that one role. <laughs> but if you've seen him in other things, like he's really good in um, Cosmopolis and he's good in this. Uh, 
but he, he plays um he's like a, a a like a common crook like a really like thuggy kind of kind of like criminal mm-hmm. um and his brother has autism uh and so the movie is about he convinces his brother to help him rob a bank uh I don't know. They never actually say what he actually needs the money for. It's because it seems to be implied that he needs this like really desperately for something. Mm-hmm. So he like breaks, he like ba- essentially abducts his brother from a therapy session. Um, and then they go and they rob a bank. And as they are kind of uh, like, they're trying to lie low and a police officer pulls up to them and the brother panics and runs and so Robert Pattinson and the brother get separated and the brother gets captured by the police and goes to prison. This is like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And this is where the opening credits start. Okay. Like the, there's like a whole cold open that goes for like 15 or 20 minutes before you get credits. And then there's another few minutes and then they give, the, and then they show the, um, the, the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically it's okay robert pattinson is like oh shit my brother is in prison he has autism like he's on rikers island he's not going to be able to last and so i need to get money to bail him out so they just even though they just robbed the bank the um the teller put in like one of those ink bombs in the bag Mm. so like when you get a certain distance away from the bank it explodes and all the the money is completely useless so it's like he has no money to bail him out and so the movie becomes, it is all told over the course of a single night. Okay. And it's about him, like his kind of misadventures in the underbelly of like the outer boroughs of New York City, trying to get the last, I think it's like $10,000 he needs to get his brother out of prison. Um, and it's a really solid, like taut crime thriller. Mm. Um, really incredible score. Like, that's the one thing that I think it probably should have gotten nominated for. Like, the, the original score is really, really good. Um, it's another one of these, like, throwback 80s synthesizer kind of scores, which fits this kind of... Like, this move, this kind of movie and horror movies, it fits really, really well. Okay. Um, the, the brother is played by one of the directors as well. There's two directors and two writers. I think they're brothers. Like, they're actual, like, real-life brothers. Um, I've never seen any of the other films before, but like they've directed a few other smaller things, but this one was really good. Um, like I said, I don't think it like, I heard the reason why I watched it is I heard someone on another podcast say, it's like, oh yeah, good time should have been nominated for best picture. I don't think it's best picture quality. Like it's not like anything super special, but it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it does the, a typical like crime thriller kind of story. It's very like, it's very dog day afternoon, I suppose. Just change the the sex change operation for my brother need my autistic brother needs out of prison. Mm. Um and there's like all sorts of like misadventures. Like he thinks his brother is in this hospital and he thinks he finds him and it turns out to be this other guy and it's like all this crazy stuff happens. Like everything that can go wrong goes wrong for him over the course of this one night. Um Why is it called good time? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's meant to be ironic. I, I don't know. I, I, I find that really frustrating with a lot of films is that they just have these very odd titles that don't really fit. And you're like, why the hell is this called this? And I, I don't know. 
but it's I would recommend it. It's okay. a, it's a good time. It's 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 actually not. It's actually a super depressing oh. movie. <laughs> so it's not like a dark comedy. Or it's no like no. It is not oh, a dark okay. comedy. Um, like it is like there. I guess there are some funny moments to it. Like there's some comic, not exactly comic relief, but there's some like lighter kind of weird moments. Mm, okay. But it, yeah, no, it is not a dark comedy in any sense. Um, so that was one of the movies that I watched. And then today, uh, it, it is my birthday week, y'all. In Yay. addition to being... Happy birthday Yay. week. He's very old. I'm very old. Um, so old. And so on my way home from work today, I stopped off and I bought myself a movie I've been meaning to see for a while. Uh, I knew I was going to love it, so I'm, I just went ahead and bought it. I got Blade Runner 2049. Um, I knew you were going to get that. I said, I told you this morning. <laughs> yes, you did know because I said I was going to go oh, buy it. Oh, good. Also, also her marital problems. That's the other thing we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> We're not even married yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so love I you. love you too. <laughs> So, so had you seen it in? Theaters? I I had it. I completely missed it. We kept it. missing it. Yeah. yeah. I really, really, really wanted to go see it, and I never had the chance. So I, I went and I purchased it today, and I actually before you guys showed up, I was watching it. Um, I haven't finished it yet. I'm about twenty. I'm only two and a half hours in, so that means there's another twenty minutes or so left to go. <laughs> okay. It's a very long movie. But it's not like, like uh, it doesn't, you don't feel the length. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I feel like it needs to be as long as it is to tell the story that it wants to tell. Um, Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies ever. I was very skeptical going into like when it was coming out. Like I was like, oh man, who wants this? Like this movie doesn't need a sequel. It's going to be ruined by a sequel. Um, and then everyone that I heard talk about it said that, you know, it was really, really good. It was really solid. Um, I love the director, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. He also directed, like, he's directed three Oscar caliber movies in three years. Okay. Cause it, he directed this, uh, he directed Blade Runner 2017. He directed Arrival in 2016, which I still think should have won for oh, Best Picture. that was a really That movie, movie was really good. Um, and he directed um, Sicario the year before that, which I still haven't seen, but heard a lot of good things about. Uh, so it it absolutely, like, this is a sequel that didn't need to be told. But it's also not a sequel that completely ruins the original or, like, changes the intent of the original. In fact, it builds off of the original in a lot of ways. I don't really want to go into spoilers for this one because... If you haven't seen it yet, if you were like me and you wanted to go see this movie and you just never had the time or the opportunity, go pick it up on Blu-ray. Because if you're if you're a big fan of Blade Runner like I am, you are going to want to watch this movie over and over again. I actually saw when I got it home that some of the special feet they have three short films on there as special features <laughs> to tell what happens in between the original and this one. Okay. So I'm gonna one day I'm gonna put, pop in my uh, Final Cut Blu-ray of the original Blade Runner and then watch the prequel short story because they're they're told there's like three in order. There like the original Blade Runner is, is, takes place in 2019. Like the first short film is 2022. Then it's like 2030 something, 2048, and then 2049 is the next movie. Um, so I'm just going to spend an entire afternoon in this beautifully haunting, super depressing world. 
Well, you know, I'm going to have to watch the first Blade Runner before I can join you, so. You've never seen Blade Runner? I've never seen okay. Blade Runner. You actually, you don't need to actually have seen the first one in order to appreciate well, this I one. I want to. I, yeah, no. <laughs> they're both definitely worth watching, and they're, like, the... 2049 is getting all these nominations for like sound design. There's one particular scene where it's like, okay, yes, sound, the sound design in this movie is amazing. Like, and that's not something that I would think about, but if like, if it doesn't win for sound design, there's a problem because there's one scene where it's like, if you're actually like with that in the back of my mind, I got to this one scene. It was like, Oh my God. Yeah, no, the sound is the star of this scene. Um, <laughs> They also, the, the cinematography has been getting millions of, like, award nominations. Um, and the cinematography is just amazing. Like, the, the every single shot of that movie is beautiful. Um, it's well set up. Like, the colors are all gorgeous. The, um, the special effects, you know, is usually not something that stands out anymore. Because every movie looks amazing when it comes to special effects. Like, this movie is just, like, it's jaw-dropping. And considering how good the original still looks 30 years later, it's not surprising, but it is a nice little bonus. Um, and I do think that there were some, like, it should have been nominated for more things. Like, honestly, <laughs> the the script, like, I thought I knew what was happening. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then you get to a certain point in the movie where, like, uh, Ryan Gosling's character has kind of gotten on the same page as the audience as to this is what's happening. And then and, it doesn't happen. And then it's something else entirely, and he just gets devastated by the fact that it's not what he thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it is an amazing flip because, like, both you and like both the audience and the protagonist by this point are kind of all on the same page. And then it's like, Nope, it's this. And you're like, shit, really? <laughs> um, so it's, the story is amazing. Dennis Villanueva should have gotten a nomination for, I don't know if it's again, I don't know if it's necessarily best picture quality. Um, but Dennis Villanueva should have definitely been nominated for best director for getting a performance out of Harrison Ford, where he seems like he actually gives a shit. <laughs> like that's the first time that's happened in at least 25 years. <laughs> what, is, what was his, uh, Ford's impressions of the first when he was in? Like, did he, did he, I, I'm not, I'm not actually sure. Yeah. Um, I know he hated coming back for the, um, for the star Wars. Movie. Well, yeah, he hated coming back for star Wars, but I know he hated coming back for the original Blade Runner when he had to do the stupid voiceover for the mm. theatrical cut. Mm. Um, because everyone was like, oh, this movie is, you'd have to think too much about it. Have Harrison Ford just explain everything in a voiceover. And so, like, Harrison Ford is just sleepwalking through that part of his performance. <laughs> My wife used to call me sushi. Means cold fish. It's, it's awful. Um <laughs> Final Cut is the best version of it. Director's Cut is also really good. But the, the theatri that theatrical cut was a, is not as good of a movie, like, by any stretch of the imagination. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, Harrison Ford is really good in this. Like, he actually is, like, emoting mm. and, like, doing things that makes him seem like he cares about the performance. Of course, it's a three-hour movie where Harrison Ford doesn't show up until, like, the last 45 minutes. So, you know... You get How long is it? How many of these pages am I actually in? Okay, fine. <laughs> um, all I could find in the in a cursory Google search was uh, apparently they 
they still argue Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford still argue about the whether ending. Or not, yeah, whether or not Deckard's original, a replicant. Yeah. Um, but that's all I could find. So nothing. I, I would I would assume if he's that passionate about it, he he genuinely enjoyed his time. Or, or yeah, he, on it. he or maybe it was just working with Dennis Villanueva because, like I said, like that guy, like for the last I, I know the last three movies have been really good. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've heard of some of his other ones, like his his foreign language films that he's done before. I haven't seen, but like I've heard really good things about Enemy and a few of the other movies that are on his filmography. Mm. So it's like it seems that everything he does is really solid. Arrival is just Arrival is amazing. Movie. Yeah. Like uh, everyone should go go see it. Uh, I'm sure just about everyone has seen <laughs> yeah. it, except for maybe Alex. Yes. Um, yeah. um, but. but. What? What was the it, I, I don't know. I was just gonna say, Arrival plays a lot. Like I think you, you in particular, would really appreciate Arrival because of the way that it plays with like language, that's, the meaning of language. That's and, like, the one with the translation of the alien language. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Like, like I, I saw the commercials for that when it was coming out. It's like that seems like a movie I would really enjoy. Yes. But yeah. then I just never got around. Yeah, to that that, that was kind of with me because I really wanted to see it too. And mm-hmm. then eventually I just kind of, I just rented it and I probably yeah. am going to end up buying it at some point. But okay. yeah. It's it's almost better though to watch it. Like I'm glad that we watched it at home rather than in a theater I because it's sort of I like a... Saw it, saw it in theaters. The visual effects are really stunning, but it's the movie itself is sort of like, you just got to let it like wash over you. Yeah, that's, I guess and that's true. And it definitely, it's something that you leave thinking about it for, yeah. for a long time. So but I don't see, know. I like going to go see movies that make me think in theaters. Like yeah. I was thinking about, I, I still haven't seen Phantom Thread. I talked about that last yeah. time on the show. Um, it looks like it is no longer going to be playing near us. I think uh, the last showing started like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> um, but we might, I might be able hey to Hey guys, you it. want to go to the movie theater? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a system in. I mean, it's a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. So there's probably another three hours left. Yeah. Oh no, Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. What yeah. the hell am I talking about? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the, okay, so some people have been talking about, uh, going back to Blade Runner, yeah. some people, I've heard some people say that it was snubbed for Best Picture. I mean, it is a beautifully shot, very, very technically astounding film that deals with all these questions about what it means to really be human and, like, the nature of memory and identity and all these really deep questions. But, you know, there was also a movie where Gary Oldman wore a fat suit and gave some speeches. So it's probably not as good as that movie. Uh, also, I mean, not okay. So the Oscars usually it's like they reserve the sort of the one obligatory spot for a sci-fi fantasy film. I guess. And I guess um, Get Out did Get Out take that spot this year? No, no, no. Shape of Water. Oh yeah, Shape of Water. Shape that's of, true. because Shape of Water, and so that's why I feel like it. Yeah. It probably got snubbed because it was like. We can't have two sci-fi movies. Yeah. And you got your weird sci-fi yeah. movie nominated last year for yeah. Arrival. Even though, again, that was a really brilliant movie that just happened to use sci-fi because it was the medium that necessary to convey the message. Yeah. But whatever. Um, what won last year? I don't even want, remember what won for last Best Picture last year. I don't know. Oh, it was Moonlight because oh, of the it was whole Moonlight. It was Moonlight. La La Land Moonlight scandal. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Which really kind of that was just. Uh, God, I forgot. I couldn't get into La La Land. I I didn't even bother yeah. with it. Yeah. My, my my sister tried to show it to me, and I I started it's... watching it, and it's like, the songs are the music's all right, but it's like the story. I just not, okay. It doesn't. It's a white person. It's white. Wait, it's Ryan Gosling, isn't it? Yeah, it's or, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it's Ryan. It's Ryan Gosling, who I think is fucking Canadian. 
Like, that's as white as you fucking get. <laughs> and it's the story of how he and Emma... Swedish is whiter, but yes, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> but it's like, it's the story of, like, him and Emma Stone and how they save Jazz. And I was just like, really? <laughs> fucking really? And yeah. then it was like, and then the fact that that's what the movie was about and that they stole Moonlight's Thunder, Moonlight being a very, like, serious, dramatic uh, movie about um, what it means to be gay and black and living in the South. Like, it just, I, I don't know. There was there was a lot of metaphor. Gotcha. <laughs> I had a very, like, meta moment where I was just like, man, this is... But yeah, that's that's why I, I like, refuse to see La La Land and movie musicals. They're I just... Mean, yeah. I, I mean, my frustration having a theater background, my frustration with movie musicals is that... I, I don't know. I, I love... I'm very weird in this opinion, which is that I love when Broadway musicals get turned into movies, but I hate it when people write just straight up movie musicals because I feel like they get a lot of like there. There's a lot of, oh, my God, it's a musical. And I'm like musicals. There, there are a lot of like I feel like a lot of mediocre musicals get written for movies and then they get a lot more praise than they're due because we're not used to the musical format in movies. And I just sort of have a sick... I'm not saying that movie musicals are good, like, when Broadway musicals get turned into movies. I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying I have a sick obsession with them. <laughs> like, like, before before people come calling for my theater cred card. Don't at I just, me. Yeah, don't at me. <laughs> I know there's something wrong with me. Okay? I mean, my, my, my thoughts on movie musicals aren't as well cohesive as that. I just, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy them. And, like... You know, the old classics of whatever, like Singing in the Rain and, and all yeah. that. You know, I enjoy those movies. Yeah. But I think La La Land was trying to tap into that. It was that trying to be Singing, singing in the, the Rain. rain. It's, it's also not failing. It's also not the 1950s anymore. Yeah. Like, the reason why those movies were so huge and why they became kind of, like, big classics is because... No one was going to the movies to see smaller movies, to see smaller, like, like shows. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, back in the, when the 50s, when television started to become a thing, people stopped going to theaters because it was like, oh, well, I can just watch a story like this on television. And so theaters got bigger yeah. and more expensive and tried yes. to appeal yeah. to more people to trying to fight against television. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand the appeal of, like, wanting to try to do that kind of thing again because now we've got you know, streaming services. So that's you yeah. know, taking a further bite out of theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, a further bright out of theaters. Oh, oh, God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Um, so, but, but I mean, like... My, my frustration... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, my frustration is... And like Nick was saying, it's... 20, well, it was 2017 when La La Lang came out. It's 2018 now. 2016 trying, when it came out. Or 2016, excuse me, 2016 when it came out. And it's like, at this point in the 21st century, trying to recreate a 1950s musical with white actors using African-American music, using African-American and appropriating things from the African-American community, it's fucking tone deaf. So let's talk at about Black point. Panther. So let's talk about Black Panther. Uh, no. There's more stuff um, to talk about. No, but, but yeah, no. that's that's my problem with La La Land. Oh, yeah. and what I was there going, is no excuse for it. And what I was going to say is that um, again, kind of, this is also going to tie it back into Black Panther. <laughs> Man, all of these really good segues, but Alex hasn't talked about his stuff yet. Uh, I know. Um, no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, the thing that I was going to say is that 
for our spectacle in the 21st century, we've got these huge, like, multi-billion dollar franchises. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you got to go see, you know, Black Panther on the big screen. You got to go see Star Wars on the big screen. You know, no one cares. Like, they're... Who alive today has fond memories of of going to the motion picture house to see to see uh, I, I I can't even remember any of the actors' names in Singing in the Rain. God damn it. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, the the dancing guy. The dancing Glenn, guy. Glenn something. Whatever. I had to tell him something for this. That guy. Who, who who has fond memories of that? Yeah, who has fond memories? My mem- grandma has Gene fond Kelly. Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, thank and you. And Debbie Reynolds. Oh, okay. Debbie Reynolds. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. De- Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. R.I.P. But, like, like, uh, like, but- go, I'm going going to the picture house to see Gene Kelly dance dance so, down the staircase. Okay, like, so my grandmother <laughs> is savage. One. <laughs> two. She made fun of us for wearing Fitbits, and I'm still not quite over that. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Okay, go on. Say what you're going to say about so, your grandmother. So I'm going to say that she's the type of person that has fond memories of that, and even she didn't like La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love your grandmother. Oh, okay. Yeah, and which ties into the fact that I called your grandmother savage. Yeah. All right. No, I, I just, yeah. That, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like just generally speaking, like, when, once... Someone gets a bug up their butt every five years and they're like, musicals are due for a resurgence. I'm like, hardly anyone is still alive who has fond memories of going to the theater to see a musical. If you want a musical to do well, you don't put it on in the theater because hardly any of the theater going audience is going to care enough to go see it. You release it directly on television. Like, think about how well all those stupid live productions uh, that they do have been doing these last few Christmases of musicals uh, have been doing on television. Like, okay, so Alex just threw up his hands not knowing. But there's been like, what what, what have they done recently? I know they did. They did Sound of Music. They, they did, did Sound Grease. of Music. They did Grease. They did Rocky Horror, Horror. this past Halloween. Yeah. They do like these live productions and they get all these big name stars and they broadcast it on television and like it gets like really high ratings so every it's, year it's just filming the play it's just yeah like, yeah yeah okay. yeah you you're doing a live play version but, of it and getting like huge name actors to play these big parts mm-hmm. but you know you know what i'm gonna bring up what are you gonna blame is crazy ex-girlfriend okay and again but again small screen like put it yeah, on television no, no. i put agree it on with you and i'm saying like that crazy ex-girl so crazy ex-girlfriend is a musical comedy dark dark comedy um which i think also ties into what nick is saying to you it's musicals are they've i mean it's also a deconstruction of musicals in yeah. many ways any any deconstruction, any sort of because you gotta find it. There's a it's a niche audience. I feel like the time of kind of the I mean, except for Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, but but, but again, Hamilton is because it is reaching to people who don't usually get reached to in the general theater going public. Yeah, mixed in with like lots of I don't know. Lindsay Ellis did a much better talk about Hamilton than we could ever we ever could. So go YouTube that. But, um, but you know, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a musical comedy, dark comedy, um, and they use music to tell a story, and it's this deconstruction of the the musical genre, and it's funny, but it's it's a very niche thing, and so I think it, it taps into people who enjoy musicals, because I feel like people who enjoy musicals, there's also this very, like, they're 
they're weird theater kids that were picked on in high school. So they're kind of like weird things. And I say this as somebody who was a weird know, theater who kid. was a weird theater kid who that got picked picked th- picked on in in high school. So that's that's all I'm trying to say. Is I feel like it's and I feel like we need to move away from like the big booming Broadway kind of stuff. And then you know if you're gonna do a movie musical, like find something. Yeah. To either deconstruct or, or make it interesting. Like Chicago is really an interesting movie yeah. musical because they make a, a really there. There's a significant point of which this is diegetic and this is non-diegetic mm-hmm. and they, they make it a very, and it's a very, um, what am I trying to, yeah, it's a clear distinction. It's done in a very like rich visual manner, mm-hmm. the way that they use film to, the, the way that they use film to discuss the language of theater is very interesting. And that's why like Chicago hits the mark and then everybody else tries to copy that. And they yeah. don't, they don't take the time to understand what Chicago did. And, and, and so then. They, and so you yeah. end up with Phantom of the Opera. You end up yeah. with fucking La La Land and Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. The Phantom of the Opera movie. Is yeah. Cause they, cause they don't, awful. they don't take the time to examine why these things were successful. Like Moulin Rouge is successful cause it found a very niche audience and it was very quirky and you know, it was bright yeah. and colorful and like you could sell a bunch of shit at mm-hmm. Hot Topic. Again, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Lindsay Sorry, Ellis I'm, did a yeah, yeah, thing about yeah. Yeah, this too. But I yeah, apologize. But the, oh, what are you apologizing guys? for? Because I just I don't know. Like you guys stopped talking for a while, and then I get self conscious. No, because like, we're listening oh, to because like, we're listening to what you have to say. It's so weird to have men listen to me. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, Brave new world, y'all. <laughs> but I do think you're right. I think it is a matter of like finding that niche audience. But if you if you try to make a huge like cast of thousands like kind of spectacle musical like la la land was trying to be a recreation of like it's not gonna work just because like that era is long gone. like bye bye birdie killed that era um and every bye bye birdie yeah, but people in the time didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, not Bye Bye Bird. Not, by, uh, not what am I thinking Hello of? Dolly. Hello Dolly. The, Hello the opposite. Hello Dolly, yeah. Hello Dolly was the one that killed the movie musical. Yeah. Um, which is sad because, yeah, it's kind of an adorable musical. Yeah, but, it, um, it's fine, but it's just like... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, all these other... And, like, the tastes for spectacle change. Yeah. And right now, the tastes are in these huge, like... Multi-story, yeah, these sagas, which you know, that's probably not gonna last forever. I keep thinking I'm tired of it, and then movies like you know, Black uh, Panther, like Black Panther, and like and like uh, Last Jedi come out, and I'm like, okay, I guess I can, I can ride this train for a little bit longer, see where it goes, (laughs) because every every time I think that it's just about like it's at the station, like it's running yeah. out. It's just like, oh no, actually, there's more interesting things guys, we can talk about with this. Guys, 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 guys. Okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The movie musical multiverse. Oh my god, <laughs> what are we? What are we talking about here? We're so, we're, we're we're talking about taking taking two one one a a franchise that's been pushed pushed put out to pasture. Has to teach the franchise that is coming, uh, you know, that is that is slowing down. How to, you know, if we just band together with our strengths combined, that, we could create so, a new franchise. So we're, we're not okay. So we're not talking about like because what I'm thinking when you said that, I'm thinking like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with more singing. 
No, that also like, works. That just, also works. It just sounds like a dying art form grasping at straws to try to make itself relevant again and reinvent. Oh, itself. so this is totally happening yeah. in the next five years. I have called it. Universal okay, called has it. already started writing up contracts. <laughs> they're tapping in, like, oh, there's there's some nerds kids. Like, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we've we've already got a, we've already got the guy who played Javert. We've got him in. So, so then they're going to take, like, all the Sondheim musicals, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's Sweeney gonna be, it's Todd. Gonna Sweeney, it's going to be Sweeney Todd. In, it's going to be woods. It's going to be Sweeney Todd. It's going to be Javert. Uh, Sondheim didn't write. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm creating my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> it's Sweeney Todd, Javert, Dr. Frankenfurter. Um, <laughs> Seymour from... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Seymour, Seymour from Seymour Little Shop of Horrors. And Audrey, too, of course, yeah. has to be involved in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe it's just Audrey, too. Maybe it's not Seymour. Well, no, he's like... It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. You have to have both of them. Oh, okay, that's fair. So, so you want... But the thing is that you not only want this to be like a... a of extraordinary gentlemen you want this to be like a multiverse yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know so we're gonna have cinematic like universe yeah yeah, yeah. All and right. crossovers crossovers we're gonna get the mm. the into the woods princes get their hair done by sweetie todd yeah oh god, oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> god. Hey, or 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 have into the woods be their avengers and have <laughs> <laughs> Where everything is building up to it. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, no, that's, that's And then right. they're like Maria from Sound of Music just comes out with her with her guitar. Fighting Nazis. <laughs> it turns out there's a gun in the yeah, guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. She just shoots all the Nazis. It's gonna be great. <laughs> she shoots the kid that like was was making Mackin on uh, her stepdaughter. If, if anyone owns the rights to any of these, you can email us at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. What and was that next? <laughs> some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Steven Sondheim. Yeah. <laughs> You know you want this to happen. Uh, oh god! How did that Into the Woods movie do? <laughs> I forgot it even came out already. Yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I, I, I watched it as a recording of a live uh, showing of it. So I yeah. never watched any movie version of it. Yeah. I just watched someone filmed the play. God, what? Who was in that? Because that Meryl Streep. Meryl, Meryl Streep, Streep was in Meryl it. Meryl Streep was in it. Who else was in it? There was a, like um, there Anna was Anna Kendrick. Anna was in Kendrick. It. Um, Chris Pine was in it, and Chris Pine can actually fucking sing. It's yeah, Chris very Pine. Weird. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Um, James Corden was James in Corden. it. Are we done with James Corden yet? I feel like we Aww. should be done with him at this point. Who is this person? Um, he was the high five emoji in the Emoji Movie. Yeah. Who is this person? Yeah, <laughs> he he hosts he has a, a late night. He has show. a late night show. He was on he an episode the, of Doctor Who. He has. The, he was in two episodes of Doctor Who. Actually, he has the best bits for his late night show, which is one is Crosswalk the Musical. Where they like yes, uh, but they, they take down like a an LA crosswalk and they try to do a musical in between the the walking times. It's terrible. And uh, then he also brought us he also brought us um carpool karaoke with celebrities. And he also brought us high five in the emoji movie and now American Peter, British treasure. treasure. And now he's he's in the Peter Rabbit movie as Peter Rabbit, which I, apparently I just, is not a, as bad as it sounds. It looks completely awful. It's it, based off of the cartoon, and I hate that cartoon because when I was a nanny, the kids made me watch it, and it was fucking terrible. Like like I said, the. Uh, Brad Jones, uh, who does some of the, um, oh yeah, I he watched it and okay. and I watched his uh, reaction to it and he seemed to really enjoy it. All right. okay. So you know maybe it was poorly advertised or something. I don't know, but who knows? 
Uh, I haven't seen it myself either, so I don't know. That cartoon is dead to me, okay. along with Max and Ruby. They okay. know what they did. <laughs> okay. All right. On that note. So I, I, you were. There was a segue that passed us by. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. We keep that... getting these great segues to talk about Black Panther, and then we're like, oh, let's just keep I'm talking. I'm sure we'll find another yeah. one. There was there was a segue from uh from. Uh, Harrison Ford in oh, oh Jesus oh, that, that was, was a while ago sorry that was like 20 minutes ago so I was thinking about so um, uh, cyberpunk kind of film yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so speaking of which have you been following the cyberpunk 2077 I've been hearing little bits and pieces about it and everything I hear about it sounds ridiculous and so I don't believe it's actually coming out okay so like they released they they first teased it like three years ago yeah no I know that's or, why I don't believe it's it's like okay so okay this is um not to not to get too far away from well, it no no, no yeah but no, I not three years ago I'm sorry like is 2012 yeah. when they teased. <laughs> I I kickstarted the um or I, I donated to the Kickstarter for the um System Shock reboot. Mm-hmm. And I donated to it because like oh Night Dive Studios, they've done a few other like remakes of things and they're like and they have a tech demo and it looks really good and so I'm like I'm going to get this huge I'm going to I, I dumped a whole bunch of money into it. I, I d- put in more in that than I put in in any other video game. Because, like, oh, yeah, Shovel Knight. I'll put in, like, $10 and get the download. I was like, I'm going to get the, the model Citadel Station. I'm going to get the limited edition, whatever, and all this bullshit. And then um, the news for this week is that they're, they're putting the team on hiatus because they've changed the engine a few times. And people were upset about, like, all these changes. It was supposed to come out, like, uh, over a year ago was the original, like, deadline for the Kickstarter. So, like, I, I'm probably never seeing that money or anything from it. So, I'm, I'm if, if, if Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, I will be very pleased. But at this point, I am burned on Cyberpunk games that I have been promised. Well, I mean, it's got, it's got the people behind The Witcher. Yeah, it. and so oh, it is the people. Okay, yeah, so so they they were because they announced it like three years before they put, released The Witcher Three. So yeah. it's like they couldn't put all of their focus into it. Yeah, because it's like five dudes in Poland or something yeah. like that. And you know how The Witcher Three is like one huge. of the yeah, it's huge, huge it's, and ridiculous. So they want this to be even bigger than that. I heard. Yeah, I heard that yeah. today. Yeah. Okay, that's why that makes way more sense mm-hmm. because I saw that headline. I'm like. Can these guys do something on that scale? I didn't realize it was the same yeah, studio. Yeah, it's CD Projekt Red. Yeah, it's okay. the people that made The Witcher. Okay. And so I, I do have hope it might take a few more years, but it may just be like, in this case, The Matrix, you just plug yourself into it. And <laughs> you, you are in the world you're, of cyberpunk. You're in the future. Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. I'd be okay with that Which, if it, when it finally comes out. As it, long as it doesn't look like VR chat. Uh, oh, you know. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh. Uh. But um, but yeah, so uh, that was something that you you had been talking about, and or you had been talking about um, Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. Like, oh hey, I remember this thing I read about. Yeah, I'll bring this in, and then we talked about movie music. And yeah. then we talked about musicals for a while. Don't apologize; it's fine. Okay. Conversations flow. I'm uh, just terrible at running with them. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's your turn to talk about your week now. Yeah. Alex. So so my week, like I said, has been pretty busy. But I I for the past several recording sessions, there's been something I've been itching to talk about. Something in the back of my head I've been wanting to talk about. We keep never getting to it. And it's a callback to Doki Doki Literature Club. Okay. I knew it! About the mods. Damn it! I knew it! I knew it! Well, all I could think was, like, he's going to talk about Monica. He's going to talk about his love for Monica. And I was just, I was right. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, so. Only Monica. The reason I'm going to finally bring this up now is because I think I've come across enough mods to kind of talk about 
where they're different enough and some are good, some are bad, but they all have something to bring to the conversation about it. Okay. Because the the thing about if if you're if if you haven't seen our Doki Doki Literature Club episode, you know, we're going to talk about things that have been spoiled and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, see our podcast on Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy that references myself. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but... Um, well, it's a scene. It's see a my, podcast. See our podcast yeah. is what I was pointing it's out. The English grammar nerd is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. Is ripe with this one. Yeah. So, my degree's got to be good for something. <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way a lot of these work is they just end up kind of... It's, like, it's almost like a new form of uh, fan fiction. Like how in the past, if you wanted to read a fan fiction or write a fan fiction, you would type it up in a document and post it on fanfiction.com or something mm. like that, which I don't even know if it's still a thing or not. Is, is Fanfiction.net? Yeah, fanfiction.net. I think so. I'm pretty I, sure it is. Archive of Our Own is pretty happening, okay. I would say. But the thing... Not that I've, I've you know, recently checked or anything. Of course not. No. Um... I, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, so the way... but. The way it's been working with this is that since the program that the game was made in is kind of simple to, to actually learn and understand, um, people have been essentially making their fan stories as mods, where it plays it like the game does, and you click through the, the story options, and sometimes there's, there's paths and things like that, uh, using mostly the same assets as the original game, sometimes adding new ones. But it's it's always got this kind of fan fiction quality to it at least the vast majority of them Mm. and some fan fiction is pretty terrible yeah (laughs) um but some fiction some fan fiction has interesting things to bring to the conversation even despite that terribleness uh (laughs) so one of those would be uh one called a brand new day Uh which is basically the the premise behind it is that the so in in the race game monica is the one that kind of gains sentience in this one, it's not only Monica, but it's also your character that starts to remember that things have been happening. Oh, Jesus. And so makes uh, takes it upon himself to basically save everybody. And so it's it's a kind of thing that wants to give this a happy ending. A story that doesn't have a happy ending. Spoilers. They <laughs> want to give it a happy ending. And the thing that's, that's like, it's very cringeworthy writing of, that they give the character of this protagonist. Like, he's always uh, making like just swearing all over the place and and making like fuck yeah i fucking love cupcakes it's awesome but but the thing is that it's giving a character that had no personality a personality it might not be a nice personality (laughs) but it's an actual character that you can kind of see and understand and, and is different from just a puppet that you control yeah um and they kind of over the course of the thing it's it's trying to uh basically make it so that everything everyone's okay nothing bad happens and they try to stop the corruption or whatever it is from spreading and even monica gets on board with that uh so it's this kind of a a blend of a a good concept with some flaws in it um which is slightly better than our time which is just straight up a wish fulfillment. I want to date Monica thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you could. You just don't. You don't, don't delete her character. Well, I'm getting to that okay. because uh, our time is is like a what if Monica had an actual route, uh, and so it's it takes place like after the festival, and you decided to spend time with Monica, and now you know you're going on dates and stuff like that, and it's just really cheesy and not all that interesting. 
<laughs> okay. Um, but the one that is what you talked about is called Monica After Story, which is essentially where you have Act 3, and it's just you and Monica in a room. This is where you install this mod, and that's all there is to it. It's you and Monica in a room. They've added a ton of more conversations to it. They've added the ability to play, like, chess with Monica and stuff <laughs> like that. And it, it's really just kind of breaks the mold of these uh -huh. form of... of it, like, like, it's so much so that it's not even what I would consider a fan fiction. It's a whole new game. Yeah. Uh, where the object of the game is just to spend time with your waifu girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but the one that I think that I've I've actually watched, I didn't play it myself, but I was watching somebody play through it just today, actually, um, that I think takes this to new heights is called Doki Doki Rain Clouds. Uh, because it is not trying to solve the problem. It is not trying to make everything better. It is retelling the story of Doki Doki Literature Club solely from the perspective of Sayori. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What? So Sayori suffers from depression in, in yeah. the story. And so when you when you play through this game, you're playing through it with her is reacting to all the canon dialogue, all the canon yeah. actions that happen in, in Act 1. Uh, the protagonist is going on a Natsuki route. But uh -huh. it's always got this commentary from her talking about herself and about what it you know feels to be going through this. Uh, and so it's kind of just, it, it's almost shocking to see, um, the person that was recording it that I, I saw, they live streamed it and then I saw a recording of it. They had actually dealt with depression themselves and they were commenting on how accurate it portrays that depression mm -hmm. manifesting in Sayori, uh, even discounting Monica's, uh, meddling and Monica does meddle yeah. and it goes out of its way to show how for us, when we play the game, we kind of see Monica as, you know, we, we see her as kind of a, yeah. a villain, as an antagonist, but you can somewhat understand her reasoning behind it and yeah. that she is the only character with sentience. But when you give that little spotlight to Sayori and suddenly it's almost as if she has a, a, a story to tell in her own head to you, the, the reader, hmm. uh, then you can see just how cruel that really is and yeah. how it, it manifests. What I was thinking is, is in the base game, it kind of manifests as like coding, like depression stats yeah yeah but it manifests as the voices in her head telling her mm. things and it it just kind of gets really creepy but not only is monica kind of villainized but also the protagonist oh yeah because yeah. he's you know if you just read the basic things he's saying yeah no he's an asshole he's an asshole especially to sayori uh, but an unintentional one before he doesn't know and even afterwards he's not all that all that best you know his response to understanding that sayori has depression is to Basically say, I'm going to fix this, which is not what not you, say. you say. Not what you say at all. But, like, you you see how he treats her and how she reacts to it in her head. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking to see. And it it does a really good job of kind of showing that side of it. And um, it's, it's mostly kind of, like I said, most of the writing is just a retelling of the canon. But the stuff that's in it that's new is actually really well done. And I, I would give it props as kind of the best doki doki mod that i've seen so which one is this uh this is called doki doki rain clouds okay um and it's it's uh i haven't finished watching through the play of it so i, I don't know exactly how it ends i mean i know how it ends but i don't know if <laughs> spoilers yeah <laughs> but i don't know if there's anything after that like if she comes right. back and when the, you play through the game normally um so i'm not sure but uh i do recommend it, if not playing it yourself checking it out that someone else has played it or 
if you have if you deal with the depression of course maybe don't but uh, <laughs> but you know having if you know someone who has and you see this it's kind of just fascinating to to yeah. see from that perspective um and you know sometimes you know most of these things they're they're trying to lighten the mood they're trying to make things uh, like there's one there's one mod where it's just like what if doki doki but just a normal visual novel like you can just date these girls like there's nothing wrong <laughs> but like that takes away from, from the punch of the story yeah 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 what, what makes it so special and what makes it so special exactly yeah. so I, I I'm definitely looking forward to when I get home going home and trying to finish watching that but that is something I can definitely recommend uh, to people if you're if you're interested in more doki doki content that is quality stuff that's a good place to start cool. so. all right so that's that's kind of what I've been wanting to talk about for the yeah. past couple of no. weeks here is is these this mo this this community that's formed around doki doki literature club um, Very cool. and there's this you know there's the shit posts and the memes and all the jokes that people make yeah. but really it's those that are willing to go the extra mile and try to write more yeah uh that i do applaud yeah i don't know if you guys are interested in, in uh i still haven't actually played i mean i've watched let's plays of it but i haven't actually played through the game myself yet so mm. yeah it has been downloaded to my steam but i'm i'm busy with new game i'm busy trying to get all of the uh that's right you're playing dark souls, for 3, dark souls 3 yes yes that's correct <laughs> um and this is how many times you played Dark this Souls? This is only the second time I've played through Dark Souls 3. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm trying to get all of the achievements that you I think that's going to require at least the third playthrough, but we'll see. Have we We Yeah, we've never done a, an episode where Nick doesn't talk about Dark Souls. We have. And when and when I do, you guys okay, special episodes don't count. You guys you also it, it'll be where I will not talk about it and then you guys will bring it up. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like yeah. what literally just happened. That is true. That is actually <laughs> wait, true. No, 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 no. That did not literally just happen. We were like, why didn't you? Oh, wait, maybe it did literally just It did just literally just okay, happen. Whatever. Shut up. I mean, I love you. I'm sorry. Oh, God. So, Elise, uh, did you have a week? Did you do anything? No, I didn't do anything. Okay. I just worked. Um, you know what you did do this week? I saw Black you Panther. You saw Black Panther. Segway. I did it. Yay. Yay. They're much better stories here. That's fine. Um, so let's talk about Black Panther. Yes, let's talk Yay. about it. It's something Again, that the three of us If you do. don't want to hear spoilers, then skip to later in this episode. Insert exact number here. Nah. Or I guess well, just stop I mean, listening. Just, just stop listening. Stop and listening. we'll catch you later. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you can catch the webcomic of the week later. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Go, go. If you have not seen Black Panther yet, go watch Black Panther and then come back and listen to three white people talk about how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray! That's all, we can say. Yay. all right. Uh, so, yeah, that was your spoiler warning. Bye. Uh, for everybody else, hi, welcome. Um, how was that movie? <laughs> that movie was real good. It was a real good movie. I liked it. It was it was really good. Um yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing else to say. That was our spoilers. It was really good. Um uh, no, I I okay. So What do you specifically want to talk about? I, I mean where do we Killmonger was right. Where do we start? Killmonger was Whoa. right. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know if we're qualified to have this discussion. <laughs> I mean, like that's one of the things that, that that is one of the big things about this movie that makes it better in my mind than just about every other Marvel movie with the possible exception of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only other one that can maybe be on this same level. 
And even then, it's like you really have to be giving them a lot of credit for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think. Mm. Um, which also, Dave Bautista is also in uh, in uh, uh, Blade Runner. I totally didn't realize no, he was in it until I saw him. I was like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, because and the big reason for it, and the big reason why Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is also kind of on the same level is that these are the only two movies where the villain is actually a character mm -hmm. with, like, motivations that make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not just, as they were talking about on the uh, the We Hate Movies episode about this, like, not just, oh, I, I want these stones. What am I going to do with them? I don't know. Am I going to eat them? Probably. <laughs> like, like, who cares? <laughs> I was going to say, the, the protagonist of, or not the protagonist, the antagonist, the villain of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is an actual character. Okay, I haven't but seen there, that one yet. But there's two. So. One is puberty. No, I'm one just is Yeah, well, that's it's, that's usually the villain in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> puberty and some guy that, yeah, got really screwed over by the Stark, Corp and Stark Corporation. Yeah. No, his, his, his story is compelling, but I know you guys haven't seen Homecoming. I have but, not seen Homecoming yet. Um, but yeah, so Killmonger, actual... Actual character with motivations that make sense. Mm -hmm. um, actually a very sympathetic character in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. Goes, I, I mean, he's he's right. He's wrong, but for the right reasons, I think is what I'm going to say. Okay. Like, I don't think his... Because his solution to it is just more of the same problem. Yeah. Just in reverse. So, so the thing is that both of them, both... Uh, T'Challa yeah. and Killmonger are trying to deal with the problem of basically the international exploitation yeah. of African people and people yes. of color uh, across the globe. Yeah. And which guess what? Huge fucking problem. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Okay. Again, Marvel movie dealing with an actual issue. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Again, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of does that. Like yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Again, that, that's going to be the one that I'm comparing this one to a lot because I, need, I feel yeah. like it's the only other one that's on this same level. I still need to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I would recommend I, it. I will get to it. But um, but yeah, so it's like they, they both are trying to deal with the same problem, but they have different solutions yes. to it. And well, no, and the, the big, I would I would argue that they don't have different solutions to it. I would argue that Killmonger has a solution, and T'Challa at the beginning of the movie doesn't care. Right. I I mean, eventually he kind of says, "Well, we'll go and aid these African yeah. countries, and we'll bid an outreach, and it's a very kind of neoliberal kind of thing." But the to a degree, to yeah. a degree. Uh, and then Killmonger's idea is we're going to support revolutionaries and paramilitary groups with these advanced weapons to yes. overthrow these these powers. And so, you know, neither of them are necessarily no. very revolutionary in no. their actions, especially if you want to go true revolutionary kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when Killmonger takes the throne, he doesn't, you know, abdicate create like a general republic like no. it, it's all it's it it like you can tell that there's still that that power interest and and the line that gets said of the uh uh martin freeman's character mm -hmm. um has the line where he says he's doing what we've trained him to do yeah and that's like it's a very yeah. like quick throwaway line but it's not like if you actually think about the implications of that that's, that's what like, the united states does yeah, takes yeah. its advanced <laughs> weaponry arms paramilitary yeah. groups in order to advance its geopolitical yeah. means and so it's like that's why you that's why i said like he's 
he's wrong, but for the right reasons. Yeah. Like he's trying to yeah. do what he thinks is the right thing, but mm-hmm. like he's too entrenched in this like militaristic imperialist system. Yeah. That to like have a solution that isn't militaristic and imperialistic. <laughs> Change yeah. cannot come from above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's it's and I feel like in that sense, like the ending of the movie mm-hmm. is really satisfying because it is attempting to he's not because he does try to do change from above, but he's also doing change from below in terms of like, we're just going to start giving away technology, but like not the weapons technology, but like all this other advanced mm-hmm. like stuff where they're living in this futuristic society. It does beg the question because they have this whole thing about like, oh, our weapons are only used for self-defense. Like, we don't use our weapons to conquer other people. What are you defending yourself against? That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. Who are you defending yourself against? The no one that knows you're there? I mean... The no one and the nothing? I mean, I'm guessing at some point in the past, they had relations with their neighbors. But then at some point, they just kind of blocked themselves well, off. Okay, so, but it's... Okay, but it's a secret country. Like, you there's a... Ha- like, like, okay. There is a front country... Yes. ...that exists yes. in Wakanda... That everyone says, oh, it's a third that world I'm country. That I'm assuming has been them. invaded at some point in time. And then when they, I guess when, re, like, the outside Wakanda gets invaded, the people hiding under the hologram are just like, bye. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> no, know. No, no, because the outside Wakanda was, those are the frontline soldiers. Oh, are they? Well, those yeah. are the border oh, guards. Yeah. The, guys the, with the, the border shields, guards yeah. with the guys with the shields. Yeah, 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 and so yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my my assumption. It was Oh, yeah. was that the, the... the people who were outside are actually just like, they're looking yeah. like they're like farmers and goat yeah, herds yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like but that. Not. But actually, but they're the border yeah. guard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, but, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I guess that's what. Um, but the question then is begged once they use these weapons on people that invade them, how does the word not get out then? Do they just make sure to kill absolutely everybody? Is it like. There's a whole French Foreign Legion unit that disappeared they send out this whole thing like it's like you know stories about like shaka zulu and things like that i guess i don't know well that basically begs the question where in africa is this which is it's it's everywhere in africa i mean like like really if we're gonna talk about this we will literally be here all night so so okay i want to talk about this okay Okay. go ahead okay but we won't be here all night okay so it's supposed to be in sort of nigeria west africa is kind it? of area okay so like central west africa because um, i saw on the map and it looked more east africa like ethiopia area oh okay maybe area. you're but, right but no no, no no you're right you're right you're right it would be east africa because it was because ghana is like west so it's yeah. it's more into the to the east nigeria but it's central it's central africa okay so i okay so like i was kind of bothered at the beginning of the movie because they started speaking Lusa. Um, which is a South African click language um, from the Eastern Cape region. And and I was like, oh, like, it's supposed to be, like, why are they in Nigeria if they're going to speak Nkosa? Like, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make any sense. And then as I watched it more, I realized, like, oh, no, it's a melting pot of all of these different tribes, and that's why they make a big deal about how it's the five different tribes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a melting pot of all of these different African different cultures. cultures. And so it's just the culture that T'Challa is from is um, Xhosa, and that's what they represent. And then if you look at their clothes, it's very it closely resembles um, Xhosa. I'm the I clothes. To, the clothing. I really, I really need to stop like just doing the click. Just, Xhosa. You just want to show up that you can do that. Yeah. That click. That's all that is. I always I'm thought sorry. I, was I spent. Okay, I spent. I'm sorry. I when I was in college, I spent three weeks in the Eastern Cape region, and before that, um, 
we spent we spent an entire semester <laughs> we spent an entire semester um learning about South Africa and Hosa <clears throat> culture um before going there for three weeks because that's how you should do it yeah quite frankly is yeah no you should you should just go there and like like throw some bibles at them and then leave <laughs> After, ta- after taking a whole bunch of pictures for your Sweet Facebook feed. Sweet selfies for your build, Facebook. Build a house yeah. that will fall apart two yeah, weeks exactly. later. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, we, like, our professors made sure that we, we were very well prepared when we went there. So it was not the typical. Anyway. Anywho. I'm going to stop talking. So, yes. So Elise knows a lot about African culture. Um, or so much. Well, probably about as much as she knows about Jewish culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Very multicultural. I'm kidding. It's very... Uh, so... Give me my pedo. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but, no, I, I think that... And that is largely the point, I feel like, of, you know, it's it's very Pan-African. Because I was... When Elise was complaining about it, I was like, they worship an ancient... Like, an ancient Egyptian goddess. <laughs> like, why are you complaining about this? It's clearly meant to be Pan-Africanism. And, like, you see, you know, there's a lot of... Like, each tribe has a very distinct look mm-hmm. which yeah. going back to the, the oscar talk if this movie does not win all of the awards next year <laughs> for costume design like something is very very wrong i don't know this, it's not a films. european it's not a um 19th century drama that takes place in europe oh, so probably, true. probably not gonna win well we'll oscar see if one of those comes out costume. this year yeah um so, oh God! Speaking of which, I was I, I was at the store today, and I was no, like, we're talking no, about no, Black Panther. No, I know. I just really quick, so, quick side note. Um, there they had like the Fifty Shades of Grey movies for oh, sale. Jesus. They had the display of them, but in addition, they also had like, well, if you like that, you would also enjoy. And it was fucking Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice, but they did the covers to look like the characters from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like, yeah, actually. Rochester did lock his fucking wife in oh, an no, attic. No, so. Jane Eyre is totally an appropriate <laughs> comparison, <laughs> but Sense and Sensibility, is, I don't understand. Is not. Is not. Anyway, that, okay, that, that, was just a, that was just a thought I had. Um, speaking about 19th century costume dramas. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the costume designs are all incredible. Like, everything in this movie looks amazing, with the exception of the CGI. Like, the CG... Like the the the, uh, the rhinoceros. Oh, and the, battle the rhinoceros! At the end. That looks like like it that looks, looks like, like one of the rhinoceroses in uh, in Return of the King. Yeah. Looks, and for a movie like that's something. 15 years old, that looks really really good. For a movie that just came out this month, mm. yeah, no, it looked pretty bad. It looked like some video game stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There was also like, were they wearing like? Were there costumes CG in that last scene on the mountaintop? Um, I don't Where, think so. I don't know. Because I was looking at it like it like something looked off. Like well, it didn't they, look like they were actually wearing costumes. Are you talking about like the sh- oh, oh when they're fighting on the mountain? No, 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 no. Or after the, after the fight is over okay. and they like they're looking at the sunset. And like Killmonger's oh. dying, like the close-ups of spoilers. of yeah. Oh yes, we're, okay. we're already in spoiler territory. Extra Killmonger spoilers. dies. Extra spoilers. Um, but yeah, so there's. But he th- gets to see the Wakandan sunset one time. And then he says that line about bury me in the ocean. It's like oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so, great. Um, uh. but yeah, so the but yeah, that scene where they're on top of the mountain, as great as that scene was, I kind of got taken out of the movie because I was looking at like what they were wearing. I'm like, are they wearing because it looked like 
It looked like the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern CGI costume. Yeah. Like, I don't it, know. I didn't it, notice it myself. I, I mean, that that might have just been me. It might have been my imagination. But. I was. We were also, like, sitting really close to the yeah. screen. So we kind of had some... It was kind of hard to see. Yeah, because that was one of the other things I was going to bring up in terms of, like, minor quibbles about this movie was, like, that first action scene mm -hmm. I thought was way too dark and I was, like, a hard time following it. Yeah. But maybe that was intentional? I don't know. I don't know. Um, is that the is that the one in Nigeria? Was that supposed to be that Boko was the one Haram? In yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. that was supposed yeah. to be Boko Haram that they were fighting. Okay. Um, if not, it was, it was a Boko Haram. Standard. It was a yeah. <laughs> it was a, an amazing facsimile. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Tiger Mafia. It was Tiger Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, which, oh my god, which we gotta up, tweet what, that at Which at, brings at, up the question that I was going to ask. Hollywood or Wakanda? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, is the, what is the better movie? What is the better example of African cinema? Well, is, the one that was actually made, made by okay, Africans. Fair enough. But I mean, like, like, okay, like, like, what's a better exemplar, I suppose? I don't know. I, I, I had a question for this before and I forgot what it was. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would say, okay, I'm, so... I'm really glad no no white people were in. No, that's not true because the director of photography is a white woman. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, know that. but the director of photography is a fucking woman, which is yeah, pretty cool. That's still um, pretty cool. Which is pretty awesome. Um, she's also like one of the few, if maybe the only, uh, director of photography, a woman to be like nominated. Was she nominated for an Oscar? Not for this movie, but for one of. Um, oh his yeah, because Fruit, Fruit Vale Station. Fruit yeah, yeah. Station. That's right. You mentioned that so earlier, but I forgot. She, yeah, um, which is kind of fucked up. Oh yeah, if you're if you consider yourself a feminist, you need to show up for this movie. God, yeah, no. Like that's if the you other were thing. if you if you got a hard on for for Wonder Woman because of feministism, feministism, um, yeah, you need to fucking go to Black Panther. I like I get that I get that the lead character is a male, but no. Nah. Like you need to fucking show up. I'd argue that the, this, the Black Panther is more feminist. Oh, than, fuck than, yeah. than Wonder Woman. Oh, fuck okay, yeah. thank fuck you. Yeah. No, no, no. You can I, go there. Okay. You can go there. Yeah. Um, maybe like Wonder Woman in its visualization and yes. its uh depiction of women is very feminist, but the fact that like at the end they kind of just turn her whole motivation into her love love story is kind of yeah. kind of pisses me off. It's not quite what happens, well, at least from what yeah. I remember. But yeah, but yeah. Yeah. But, but but the the women the they're women the, they're of the Wakanda. kingmakers yeah yeah it's like it's the three four women like it's yeah. it's the mother it's mm -hmm. uh, the I, sister I uh, the sister's name and Lupita Nyong'o's character uh, Nakia Nakia yeah Nakia. yeah uh, and then the general and the general yeah, yeah. wait was that was that not Lupita Lupita Nyong'o's character was that no not no, no she's the no. love interest yeah so oh yeah 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 so Nakia's the love interest last yeah. spy. There's the general whose name again. Luke, yeah. I apologize. Uh, I saw it once. Um, yeah, Th that was. Then there's the mother. And yeah, then the mother was amazing. Yeah, and the, the, sister, uh, the sister was really yeah. cool. Um, and they're all like very different characters, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they all have character arcs. Yeah, and like they all give something very different to the kingdom, which mm -hmm. I really appreciated. I one of the things that I fucking loved was there's a lot of like subtle like cinematography references to James Bond and James Bond movies yeah. especially when they go no. into the casino mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the thing that I fucking love is that his sister was basically his cue yes like all of those scenes where they're in the lab and she's like throwing tech at him and I'm mm -hmm. like this is this shit's amazing yeah and, like, and especially since like like all of these Marvel movies and one of the reasons why the Marvel Cinematic Universe works as well as it does to the extent that it does is that every movie, even though like 
most of these movies, and as we've talked about in the podcast before, most of these movies, like, hit a lot of the same beats, but they kind of do it in different genres. So, like, you know, the original Captain America is a World War II movie. Whereas, like, Iron Man is kind of, not exactly like a slap, like, it's kind of a... It's more like a like a screwball comedy than anything else yeah. until you get to the battle at the very 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 end, and like Ant Man's a heist movie, and like Homecoming is a coming of age. The like, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are like kind of underdog loser type of movies, yeah. like like um Thor is a space opera. Thor is a space like, opera, except for Ragnarok. Well, well, yeah, well, I'd say but, Ragnarok is the space opera yeah. of the three of them. Um, but yeah, they're all like a different genre of a sort. This is definitely their version of James Bond. And I think it has done it better than some of the... Recent, some, yeah. oh, well, not necessarily recent James Bond movies, but some of, but a few of like... It's done it better than many of the James Bond movies. Yeah. Mm. Not necessarily the recent ones, because I feel like the recent ones have done them pretty yeah. well. Um, yeah. I still haven't seen Spectre yet, but... But... Um... Man, Black Panther is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, just fill the silences. We're else? just going to fill the awkward silences okay, but... with Man, Black Panther is great. Oh, um, are we done? Do you guys want to talk more about the movie? Because I was going to start talking about um, sort of the really cool, like, art imitating life things I mean, that have happened out of Black I Panther. I kind of want to talk about the movie a little bit. All right, more. cool. Yeah, I'll save my, my piece for a little bit yeah. later. Um, so what else did I want to, cause I did want to talk about a few other things with it. I, I had a few minor quibbles. I think I brought most of them up. Like the, the, the CGI in places does not look great. Yeah. Um, the other, the, the, <laughs> the main thing though, that I felt was really kind of a detriment to the movie. And I brought this up after I saw it and you guys did not agree with me, but I'm going to bring it up again. Okay. Um, I felt that, um, the, the, the guy from Get Out. I'm blanking on the actor's name and the character's name. Um, but the, the leader of the, the border guards. Yeah. I feel that his turn needed to be explained more. Like, his, his, that heel yeah, turn he gets. Yeah, we did have this argument. I, I, we did have this argument. I felt like it, it came... It didn't come out of nowhere because they did set it up. But it was... I think the, the important thing... So... Um, Dan- Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Okay, so Daniel Kaluuya. 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 I'm sorry. I don't know. We're I'm looking up the IMDb um, page he here. He ends up getting together with Michael B. Jordan, who plays Killmonger's character, um, to kind of overthrow um, T'Challa and uh, replace Killmonger with, with uh, replace T'Challa with Killmonger. Yeah. I and Alex and I, we were talking about this after we saw the movie. We felt like. There were definitely a couple of throwaway lines in there where it's setting it up that Daniel Kaluuya's character. Yeah, whose name is uh, Wakabi. Wakabi. So Wakabi, um, there's a couple of throwaway lines in there where Wakabi is definitely on this side of like, we need to be doing more. Mm -hmm. We need to be getting out there more. Like we need to stop being so isolationist. He's definitely set up at, odds as, with T'Challa but as like willing to go out and fight yeah. yes. and yeah. wanting to go out and fight. and fight and being upset that it was like they didn't he didn't kill that uh, T'Challa didn't come yeah. back with um, Andy Serkis's character who was somebody that had stolen um, goods from Wakanda I think mm. he stole the the, the, the vibranium, vibranium. Yeah. 
there. He, like, stole, he stole yeah. a lot of vibranium and the weapon. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the point that... What I feel about this is that also in those same scenes where that conflict is set up, uh-huh. it's also kind of set up as, gee, I like we're, we've got this really close relationship, but I really wish you'd, like make this thing happen you know like it's it doesn't seem like it's that serious like it seems like the only real serious conflict is you promised you would bring me andy circus and you didn't bring me andy circus and so like to immediately turn on the guy who stole andy circus away and like turn on his side it seems like man that conflict could probably be fixed with a scene of dialogue you could at least throw that dialogue in to make it seem like T'Challa's even trying to prevent this guy from turning against him? I mean, I don't know. I When I saw the movie, and I, maybe I missed something, but I don't. I didn't get the impression that T'Challa and uh, Wakabi. Wakabi were actually all that close to begin with. They seemed really close. I, in, that, in that scene where they're talking with, the, like, where at the very beginning with mm-hmm. the rhinoceros is set yeah. up, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're like, really old friends and we're hanging out together. And like the, the general character, when Mm -hmm. she calls in, it's like, Oh yeah. Like she has this kind of thing of, I need to talk to both of you. And I knew you'd be hanging out together. Like they're, they're established to be really good friends and really like confidants of one another. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that he just, Oh, there's a couple of throwaway lines where it's like, oh, we could be doing more. And then there's the one little thing to set off the conflict. And it's like, you're not going to even try to explain to your friend what happened. Mm -hmm. You're not going to even try to prevent this from being a big deal. Because you promised him that you would do this. You swore that you would do this thing for your friend. And then you failed to do it. But it wasn't your fault. Like... The, this guy came in with guns and bombs and shot up an entire police station and stole this guy away in a van. And so, then he just happens to show up. You don't think that guy has an ulterior motive? I, like, I don't know. I got the kind of the impression that, and you know how I get with impressions. Sometimes yeah. they're wrong, but I kind of got the impression that even if he had, or at least that T'Challa thought that even if he had tried to explain that, then his, his the reaction would have been, Oh, excuses, excuses. You said you would do this yeah. thing. You failed. It, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of because a... But, but Wakabi, my... But Wakabi is, like, frequently shown to be... He is a man of action. Mm. He is a man... And he's also a man of, like, really quick yes. character turns. And he, he changes his opinions fairly but quickly. My point is that I would have liked that scene to have at least happened. happened? Where he okay. tries... So he tri- where he tries to do it and mm-hmm. then fails. Like, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Because it, it would yeah. be in keeping with his character. My problem is is that, like, this is a poten- the conflict that could potentially be solved with the scene of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I need that scene of dialogue to show me why that won't solve the conflict. Because yeah. otherwise I'm just thinking, why don't they talk it out? Like, there's no, we've been shown that these characters are close. Why can't they just talk yeah. and figure out a solution together? I mean, maybe. I mean, like, why do you immediately go to this crazy murderer who shows up with this guy dead like, instead of going with the person you've grown up with for years. I mean, I think perhaps the reason, and maybe this is me creating character where there is none, perhaps maybe the reason T'Challa isn't doing that is maybe he does kind of blame himself for not doing Maybe it. he does. And so, like, maybe he I, thinks that the and then he excuses is not valid. But then I want that scene. Like, that's what I'm saying, is there's... The, the fact that that you want transition happens so... You? Yeah. I, I don't necessarily need it fed to me, but I feel like... I don't feel like it, enough explanation was given. Like if he even if he just said a line like like when they have that argument at first and he storms out of the room and he just kind of 
even if he just had a look like, oh, I wish I could say something like I, I blame myself. Or if he had said to someone else, like, I know there's nothing I could say that would make, that would appease him. He's mm. too hot tempered. Anything. Yeah. Cause that, that is, and that again, it's a very minor quibble yeah. and I recognize that it's a very <laughs> minor quibble and what's otherwise a very, very strong movie. Mm. But the movie is two hours and 15 minutes long and it does, it's, it's longer than star Wars, but it has a lot of stuff to set up. Um, so you think maybe there was like a cut scene or no, something? I'm like just that? saying like, what I'm saying is it wouldn't add that much more to the runtime. Like this would still probably be shorter than like civil war, which didn't which fucking dragged on, forever. which dragged on forever. What, the American civil war. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, that also, um, I'm talking about, um, captain America. Civil oh, war. Gotcha. Um, dragged on forever. Uh, and had a lot of stuff that it, like, it had a lot of threads that it was tying up. It had a lot of things that it was setting up. Um, Whereas this movie came in with almost none of that baggage. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Panther is in Captain America Civil War uh, and has a very, and he's probably the best part of that movie. Yeah. Because um, he actually has a really good character arc in that movie and then another really good character arc in his own movie. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a very, he probably better developed character than most of the characters in the MCU at this point. Yeah. Um, I think. The MCU? The Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know, I, I, but I feel like that movie was like, if you added on like a two minute scene of dialogue explaining this, that's all I need. Like, just like, at least try something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Try to make this guy not your enemy all of a sudden. Then, oh, that's all I need. That's all that it would, the, yeah. but again, I, I might be the only person so far. I'm the only person that I'm aware of that has had this quibble. So maybe I'm the only person that thinks uh, that maybe I missed I something. But... I don't think it's necessary. Like, like you say, it wouldn't add to the runtime. I don't necessarily think it, it would be needed. Okay. Uh, it, I, I can, know. I can see that. I just, yeah. it, it's something that bothered me when I was in the theater. Yeah. like, yeah. I really, I didn't understand why he turned so quickly mm -hmm. when it seemed like in the, their first couple of scenes together, it's like, these are two people who trust each other. Yeah. Like, why did he suddenly like completely flip on his loyalty and it's set up? I just don't feel like, I feel like, like again, it is a conflict that could have potentially been solved with just a conversation mm -hmm. um, rather than actually coming to, coming to blows men are untrustworthy it's the women that are loyal i guess i mean like there that is a large part of that a large which was a really fascinating i'm sorry i want to get no, you yeah. off of this train no no that's fine no no i'm, I'm um, done i've said my piece uh one of the things and and this is what you were like oh we could have been solved with the conversation but i worry that we would have lost that conversation between um nakaya nakaya nakia 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 and the general mm -hmm. Because um, yeah. they have that beautiful conversation where yeah, they talk yeah. about like, what is it? What is it ultimately more important to be loyal to? Is it more important to be loyal to the throne? What does it mean to be loyal to the country? And they they're really interesting. And I was trying I was trying really desperately to find this meme that, that I oh, saw yeah. that somebody had shared on Facebook, um, talking about how like T'Challa and Killmonger. It's like they both recognize that there is a problem, but they have very simplistic ways of how they're going to deal with the problem versus Nakia uh, and the general. I think her name is Ayo looking at the... Ayo? Unless I'm, unless I'm looking at the wrong uh, headshot here, but I think it's Ayo. So Ayo and... So the general, I'm just going to say General Ayo. Yeah, general. general. And so she and um, Lapita Nuanga's character, 
they have a very interesting, very nuanced conversation about what does it mean to be loyal? What does it mean to be loyal to country? Or is it, are you loyal to the best interests of your country? Are you just loyal to whoever is in charge? Are you loyal to the throne? Are you loyal to what the throne symbolizes? And when push comes to shove, shove, even though she had said before that she was loyal to the throne and not necessarily the king, uh, when push came to shove and it was revealed that, you know, the Black Panther lives, then she went ahead and said, oh, no, this is clearly the right side here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Although, you know, and then we had our big climactic uh, third act fight scene. So, anyway, it was just really... Oh, sorry. So, but, but it was this idea of, like... You know, it was it was the mind blown theme, like like listening to T'Challa, listening to Killmonger, listening to Nakaya and the general have a very nuanced conversation about like, you know, the pitfalls of this of of how they both go about solving their problem. Um anyway, it was it was really fascinating. I love I just love the depiction of women in this. Mm. Um it makes me really happy. And if they fuck it up in Avengers Infinity Wars, um um you want your money back yeah i'm i'm, I'm somebody's head's gonna be on a platter because that's what i've learned from black panther here's, here's, <laughs> like, and that that brings me to my next question how bad is avengers infinity war going to look in comparison to this movie i don't know i won't see it <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah uh Elise, what do you think Man, I haven't actually seen any of the Avengers movies. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, you yeah, haven't. I haven't seen any of I them. I always forget that. I've I I am not. I've I've seen maybe like a third. Am I the only one the in MCU? here that's uh, Alex? Have you seen either of them? I saw the first Avengers. Okay. Yeah. But All I right. didn't see the second one. Yeah, you're fine. I think yeah. you're the I've, only one that's seen both of them. I've seen both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I I mean. And I haven't seen Iron Man. I yeah. haven't seen like any of the other Thors since the first one. Yeah, Ragnarok's the only one worth oh watching. Oh my god, Ragnarok is so good. But it's, it, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I have a feeling that like all of these wonderful nuanced characters are gonna get smushed into a footnote. I I feel you know? like I I mean I feel like that's probably not going to happen. Like because they they've established these characters so well. Because like I said, even in someone else's movie black yeah. panther was still the most interesting character <laughs> yeah um and I've, i and that's the thing is that this movie is going in with like okay so it's got basically two movies that it's following up from it's following up from the events of avengers 2 and civil war um and there's just very very loose threads and since you haven't seen either of those alex right no okay so like were you lost into the as to the motivations of any of these characters no not really okay i thought i thought it was kind of weird the only thing i thought weird was how little they grieved over the death of the father but because it happens in another movie okay (laughs) (laughs) that was the that was his plot in civil war okay was that he dies in civil war they blame uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, for it. And so he goes after uh, Bucky Barnes and Captain America is trying to save him uh, from Black Panther. And Black Panther's like, you killed my dad. I'm going to kill you. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the... the yeah a lot of that is worked through in civil war. Okay. Like that's why they don't spend a whole lot of time grieving for him in this movie mm-hmm. because he went through that already in the last one. Okay. Um, 
but like that it's that and then andy circus's character is in like a scene in age of ultron yeah, yeah. i mean you can kind of you, you got andy circus you yeah. got clow yeah but... which how like is he really that buff in real life like he uh, everything looks... everything Who else is, is cg andy circus I mean, I don't know. dude is fucking ripped in this movie. I mean, maybe I it's CG, like... CGI. That's... CG. I mean, maybe. Do they like put on like the same bodysuit? Does he just bring his own like mocap suit at this yeah. point? Do you think like he just like takes so, it out of the closet? Okay, and, like, puts so it Andy, on? Andy, in this one you're playing a human. The only difference is you don't have an arm. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I got Also, you you weigh like. 30 pounds more than you do in real life and it's all muscle like did he actually get that beef or is i don't it... think i don't I, I don't think he got that beef I, he look, I don't know like he's super ripped in this movie it's a little weird <laughs> um maybe that's where all the the money for the uh the rhinoceros went <laughs> like we, we could have a really we could have a really good looking rhinoceros or we can make andy circus look not like Gollum. oh god let's go with andy circus he's in more scenes <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, but, but yeah, that, that was set up, and then, yeah, the thing with the previous king dying was set up in yeah. the last two movies, mm -hmm. and, and, again, like, and, like, you know, Clow, you didn't really need any setup. Yo, you don't need any backstory Because, like, who is him. this guy? Oh, it's some he's an South dealer. African arms dealer. I, I assume he's South African, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems like an Afrikaans name, but, or Dutch name. But yeah. I mean, it's Ulysses Clow, Ulysses Clow. Yeah, Clow. Um... I could just be projecting, but I don't know. I don't know. I I, I didn't it didn't sound like a South African accent to me, but no, maybe he didn't it was. have an accent. But the name anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So and then Martin Freeman, I think, was also in Civil War, but he didn't really have a character. He has much more of an arc in this one, and I yeah. I I really find it like there's nothing nothing's wasted in this movie. Like everything is kind of a piece of what it needs to be. Well, Killmonger gets wasted. Well, yeah, he does. But, you know, that was the only way. Mm. It's the only way to stop him. Um, also, can we take a moment to appreciate, and I think you pointed this out this, mom uh, this morning, Elise, is that the uh, the final fight for this movie takes place in a literal underground yeah. railroad. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that important? Because it's the underground railroad. Oh, the underground railroad. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Took me a second. Yeah. There. The actual, the, 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 the final fight in this movie takes place in a literal underground railroad. Okay. Um, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, intentional or not. I'm, I'm sure that it was intentional. There was like. Everything in this movie was intentional. The, like, including, including the Stan Lee cameo. I know. Where Stan, like, like Stan Lee dunks on himself and I don't think he realizes that he did it. <laughs> I don't think he realizes that this was, that this was written to make fun of him. Cause he comes in and he's like, "Oh, I'll just take this money off the table," like, uh yeah, yeah, right." Like, "Oh, hey, Jack Kirby, are you done using this character? Well, I'll just take the credit for him." <laughs> okay, so according to um, according to the the Wikipedia article, Clow is supposed to be uh, has Belgian and South African citizenship. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, the two, you know. <laughs> Belgium, known for yeah. its great policies towards Africa. Yeah, yeah. Literally everything <laughs> down to Andy Serkis's yeah. character's unmentioned background yeah, yeah, yeah. is intentional. That's yeah. A, like, that's, yeah. That's a yeah. fucking great villain for yeah. a man. <laughs> but like, Belgium, I'm part Belgian and part Afrikaan. Great. <laughs> you have amazing you relationships and, with and the most of them. <laughs> 
with Sub-Saharan Africa. And apparently, originally his name was spelled, like in the comics, is, is spelled with a W, but they retitled it so it's not so ominous as like just the claws yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. imperialism. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, can we talk about the, the mountain? Uh, I was hearing someone else talk about this the other day, but I thought it was pretty fucking great because I don't know the Black, the Black Panther comics really no. that much at all. Um, but apparently the the guy who's the leader of the mountain tribe, uh-huh. the one who like the, challenged- the Jabari tribe. Yes. Yeah. Um, apparently in the uh, comics, that was a character who was originally named Manape. <laughs> oh, okay. And boy, do they make this much more okay than that sounds. <laughs> it's like, oh no, he's just this really big guy who has like, kind of, you know, Black Panther has the Panther theme. This guy has like a monkey, like a, a gorilla theme. Yeah, it's fine. Do each of it's the not tri- racist at all. <laughs> Do each of the tribes have some kind of animal? I'm assuming so, but we don't really see what they are for any of the other tribes yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Although, but we do like we do see enough that's like okay, these tribes clearly have like very different cultures because mm-hmm. like again, the co- going back to the costuming, it is very distinct. Like you know, just looking at how someone is dressed, how they are, you know, like where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah i don't know it's it's a great movie everything works together it is wonderfully scripted all the characters are great they all have arcs they all have a role to play like it is black panther's movie for sure but like everybody else kind of gets their thing that they do they get their moment to shine they they show us that they are necessary and they grow and develop as characters even martin freeman even martin freeman actually i think martin freeman probably has one of the most interesting character arcs yeah. in this movie now the real question is does he go back to the united states and then just ruin everything well i don't ruin everything how uh, i mean you know he was inside the the inner you know chambers and i don't know taking pictures with his spy cameras yeah he but cia see, he's seen everything he's seen the <laughs> he's big seen, board he's seen everything yeah <laughs> um no i but but again the other part of that is is that at the end of the movie he comes out and he's like oh yeah gu- guess what guys we have space rocks you know that thing that you guys thought you used all of to make Captain America's shield 60 years ago? Yeah, we live on a mountain full of it, and we've been using it over the last 2,000 years to make the most advanced civilization on the planet. Mm. Like, that's how this movie ends. Yeah. What else is Martin Freeman going to say in addition to that? I don't know. But, you know, also, it's, it's... The, the ape tribe is vegetarian yes like like that's that's that was a pretty pretty good line that's what martin freeman's gonna ask i mean the only only thing i'm i'm trying to think is that it's like white people ruin everything it's okay yeah yeah, so like martin freeman's gonna fuck this up somehow (laughs) trying to turn the cia into an ally of anti-colonialism is kind of problematic it is problematic <laughs> but i don't feel like it's the cia i feel like it's just martin just freeman because it's because it's like oh we're the only ones who can save his life we have to bring them in on this and so it's like he's not operating at that point as an agent of the cia when he's operating as an agent of the cia he's standing in the way of what they need to do right yeah. when he's operating as well you guys have saved my life so now i guess i'm involved i'm involved in this little uh scuffle over the throne and i guess i'm helping you guys because you saved my life yeah which is totally something that the cia never does no is but try to mess metal within internal politics again other countries. again yes i agree with you <laughs> but in this particular instance that's not what happens 
<laughs> in this particular... Well, I mean, it is in the sense that Killmonger is a CIA-trained operative, and mm-hmm. he's doing... Again, as Martin Freeman points out, he's doing exactly what he was trained to do. Right. And, and, and that his goal goes directly against the American geopolitical interests that the CIA would want to not have him in charge of yeah, Wakanda. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, I, but on the other hand, like... The only reason, again, the only reason Martin Freeman gets involved in this is because they save his life. And then he's I, like... That's not wrong. Yeah, no, I know. True. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just... I, I agree with you on, on a in a in a real-world geopolitical setting. Absolutely. Yeah. In the fictional world of this movie, I think Martin Freeman's okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. He, yeah. gives, he has a much better American accent than uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was weird trying to compare uh, Smog's American versus <laughs> Bilbo's American. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Sherlock's versus uh, Watson's. Yeah. Man, they do a lot of stuff together. They do a lot of stuff together. Are they, are they going to be in Infinity War together? They, I guess I they are. So. They God, be. I hope so. <laughs> do they, are they going to do a thing? Is there going <laughs> to be a thing? There I should hope be some not. fan service. They're going to be. They're going to be two American dudes. Yeah, yeah. just being American. Just, just American <laughs> bros hanging out. Well, let's go take my my car up the coast. We can talk about Dormammu. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time I bargained with Dormammu? <laughs> Uh, that was a great movie was, but jesus christ just making british there's no reason why he can't be british are you talking about uh dr strange i'm talking about dr strange there's literally no reason why dr strange can't be british no one would give a shit yeah um so benedict cumberbatch wanted to stretch himself yeah he wanted to, he wanted to prove didn't, that he could do it didn't work he he's getting another no. he's getting another shot at it okay calm, calm yourself we'll, we'll see yourself. what happens you know what you know what we'll i want to see i i want I want Wakaliwood to handle the distribution rights to oh my Black God. Panther in Uganda. Yes. I want, oh, my God. <laughs> with the video joker? With, with a video joker. There should be a video joker yes. over there. Yeah. And you can't take it off. It's, it's on no, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on no there. Options. Every, every uh, Blu-ray of, of uh, Black Panther should be sold that way. That, that, is, in, that is in the African PAL region. Mm. Yeah. has a video No, joker. no, everyone. Oh, worldwide. Everyone. <laughs> we just all we get need the to same get, video joker. We need to get... Uh, yes. VJ Emmy. VJ Emmy, yes, yeah. thank you. I couldn't remember his name for a second. Uh-huh. What's he doing right now? I'm, I'm sure what he'd you, be what dead. You retweeted us once. Why don't you? <laughs> well, he did. Macaulay did. Um, um, yeah. So I don't know. Any other final thoughts on this other than it's amazing? Um, it's amazing. It's great. It's pretty. Nuanced. It's pretty good. It's interesting. It has probably some of the best. Again, as as Elise said, probably some of the best female characters in a mainstream movie in yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe the Star Wars series, but even then, like they don't like uh, Rose and um, uh, Ray didn't really have that much interaction in Last Jedi. No. Yeah, there were like some really good female characters in the Last Jedi, but they didn't spend a whole lot of time on screen together. Like all these characters. They all interact and they all have like conflicts and like kind of inner, like there's an interesting tapestry woven of like who and what these characters are and what they bring to the table. And like even the love. Yeah, there's none of them that you could cut and say, oh yeah. yeah." Even the love interest character, like oftentimes in these kinds of movies, the love interest character is completely forgettable and disposable. Mm -hmm. But in this one, it's like, no, she's. 
Yeah. Like, here's where I am. If you want to be with me, you have to be on my level. Yeah, it's kind like, of... like, in my head, when I was thinking, when I was watching the movie, I didn't think of her as the love interest. Yeah, character. but I she thought of her is. as the secret agent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's what she Because that's what yeah. she is. Yeah. And the the really interesting thing about, like, because she is, as, as love interest characters often are, she is kind of the moral compass for the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not, like... You need to do the right thing. I believe in you. Now go off and save the day. It's like, no, no here's She's the... going to be right there yeah, next to you. Here are the people who need my help. You can either help me or get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of how we like are introduced to her in the movie. Like, you've ruined my operation. I'm trying to save these women. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. So that was, that was a really, really interesting character and a really cool way of going about it. Um, and it's also like, a character we don't see is the spy woman that doesn't use her sexuality yeah, yeah. to kind of not advance her fatale. spy agenda yeah she's not the femme fatale she's just like kick you ass. know she's just a kick-ass yeah. spy operative like I, and I love that you guys walked away of it and thinking like less of her as the love yeah. interest and more of like oh yeah this yeah. is a spy lady like you know yeah because the love interest part is is, is not necessarily downplayed because there's you know it, there are elements but it plays of it second fiddle but it's saying the... secondary to the fact that she is her own character yeah mm-hmm. who has her own arc yeah which is awesome and important yeah and that arc and they wind up together at the end but it feels earned it, it, is. it feels like something that is actually like oh here are two equals who like understand each other and have been through a lot and now they wound up together once again if you consider yourself a fucking feminist you need to show the fuck up for black panther yeah like you need to you need to go intersectionalism it's important y'all mm-hmm. Even for silly Marvel movies, which ultimately, and then let's not lose sight of that. That is ultimately what this is. It is, it is probably the best of these Marvel movies. And it is really important because of how it was made. Like a lot of the stuff behind the scenes is super important. The fact that it has a almost exclusively black cast is super important. But, and I think that. And also, um, the the filmmakers like the director yeah. is black um, yeah and the right that's why i said the behind writing the scenes team, behind yeah. the scenes this like the large costume designer costume designer director yeah. all of that very like and I, I think that's yeah and it's it's all very important and a very good thing to have those yes. people in those roles yeah. still though at the end of the day it is a film done by a corporation whose end goal mm-hmm. is to make money yeah, yeah. Yeah, and abs- if it does that by selling a product to people, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's—I mean, it's—it's a good product. I'm—I'm going to say that it's a—it's a really good product. It's incredibly yeah. well made. I don't—I don't want us to get too cynical though about. Black no, I don't, I'm not no. trying to be cynical, but I'm just—I'm. So, because here, like, it, here, here's the other thing of it is like, you have you have people that have not been able to see themselves in these kinds of roles. Oh, absolutely. Of course. You know, like the last time we had a mainstream black superhero was what, Blade? That, that was only 20 years ago. Well, I guess the, the first one was 20 yeah. years ago. So, yeah. But, you know, there there's so many white dudes out there. There's so many white women out there yeah. for role models that it's it's really wonderful and i don't think i don't think we should get cynical about it and i don't think we should discount the important cultural touchstone that this is quickly becoming yes Mm -hmm. absolutely and i'm i'm not trying to be cynical i don't i don't mean to try to sound cynical but what i i guess what i'm saying is that i mean these marvel movies have a formula 
and this mm-hmm. one fits that it doesn't end with the you know 100,000 911s it's yeah. if compared to a yeah. lot of these it's a very different type of yeah, story it, it is very small scale in the sense that there is no giant blue space laser that they have to stop which is what most of these are there's no infinity stone it's a very personal story but it does still hit a lot of those mm-hmm. same beats and it has a lot of the same faults as the as many of the other marvel movies do but those faults are lessened in this one yeah. <laughs> I, like i said at the outset I would say that this one is almost certainly the best other than maybe again, guardians of the galaxy two is the only one that I would even put close to this. And even then I think it might be because this one is closer in my mind because I've seen it more recently, but I think this one, I think the black Panther is the better movie of the two of them, but I think they're really close in terms of that. They both actually have like characters and the conflicts make sense and everyone has an arc and like all of the things that we've been spending all this time talking about like we can say a lot of the same things about um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, with the exception of, you know, the, the big exception and the most important yeah. exception being the representation the, element. Yeah, the representation element. And also, so now I'm going to talk about why... Um, also, can we talk about the music? I'm sorry, really really quickly. Yeah, 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 go for that, it. That, that Kendrick Lamar fellow, he yeah. can he can write some music. It's really good. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like shit like the rest of Yeah, yeah I, I did notice music. Yeah, yeah. I as remember. opposed to all the other Marvel <laughs> movies. With, again, the exception of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because they use other music. Yeah. They don't yeah. really have a traditional score. Yeah, this but... movie has an original score, but it's like the original score is actually, like, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, I couldn't hum it to you if you asked me no that. i couldn't either but i was like it was getting i was getting pumped yeah. it was one yeah. of those movies where like i left the theater like oh, i kind of want that soundtrack <laughs> anyway sorry yeah. I, I interrupted you but yeah so so just talking about like the art imitating life piece you know yeah. we went on a saturday night in our small town which isn't terribly diverse and it was it was filled to the brim with people you know yeah and all sorts. All sorts. And so some really cool things have started happening because of Black Panther. Um, one thing that's been happening is people have been organizing voter registration drives at Black Panther showings. Mm, that's awesome. So, um, so which, yes, like, I don't know. This is just like an intersection of a lot of things that I, that I really love. Um, you know, outreach to groups that are underrepresented in our gov- government. Um you know, getting getting services to people where they are. Um, so yeah, fuck yeah, voter registration. If you mm-hmm. were involved with that, like high fives all around. Um, so that's really fucking cool. Um, apparently, there have been a lot of um, animal shelters doing adopt a black cat. Yes. In conjunction with Black Panther screenings. They're like, look, it's like a Black Panther. They all need and to be named all T'Challa. Na- they're all named T'Challa yes! or Killmonger, <laughs> uh, which is great. Um, but also, so at the end of the movie, spo- spoiler alert. We've been in spoiler alert territory for like the last spoilers. hour. <laughs> Super okay. extra duper spoilers. So they end up in Oakland, um, which is also where they started the oh, film. Oh, yeah. And they end up in Oakland, and T'Challa's like, yeah, I bought that building and that building and that building. We're turning them into STEM centers. And you, my little sister, who is a genius, is going to run one of these STEM um, science, technology, engineering, math centers for kids that are in this area. And Disney, yes, it is an evil, terrible, money-grubbing corporation. But they've actually given money to 
that like like the ultimate sort of life imitating art there is going to be they're funding a stem center in oakland using the black panther money yeah yeah uh-huh. um and not only in oakland uh but just i brought that up because that's where they end it and that's where they talk about it and then um but in boys and girls centers across america then atlanta dc baltimore um they're funding uh some stem centers are they going to call us uh, the wakanda stem outreach may, may, they should <laughs> they should but i don't know probably not but probably um the disney stem outreach. But, but just all these really these really cool fucking things that are happening um out of out of a movie yeah and so that's why i'm like yeah we definitely don't want to I discounted or anything, you know, because media does, whether we like it or not, media shapes our worldview. Yeah. And it's the things that we are exposed to shape how we approach others, how we approach situations. It changes, you know, media does play a really significant role in our society. And, and I think this was a particularly important film in that regard oh absolutely you know and i and the i the fact that like you have you know and i saw like friends of mine posting on facebook it's like you know i had a friend um and she's black and she went with her church and she was so excited that she had you know just these kids running up and down the aisle screaming like oh i'm gonna be i want to be like t'challa i want to be like t'challa and like having that visual representation for them um Who's, in media is really important. Who's a really cool character. Like, and then that's one yeah. of the things that I think made this such a unique film yeah. is that he's very like regal and very yeah. like stoic. And yeah, yeah, even when we do see, you know, like, but he gets main, emotional and he yeah, gets, he gets emotional and, and he gets, gets vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know. and that's what I'm trying to get at is that like, even when we do, like if you have something like blade or like any yeah. of those other, cause people point out, Oh yeah, we've had, we, we have black main characters before and kind of missing the point of like, well, it's not just the main character. It's the entire cast, cast with like you know. two big exceptions. Yeah. It's, and it's, like, it's, it, no, yeah, sorry. And, and everyone behind the camera and all that stuff. Like that's what really what makes what sets it apart um but if you look at a lot of these other characters that are like really popular characters in films like very rarely at least in like big budget blockbuster movies does the black guy get to be like this very rich and nuanced character Mm -hmm. in the same way that t'challa is like even if they're the main character like will smith is not ever playing a rich and nuanced character in a big budget blockbuster movie he's playing will smith he plays will smith now i'm not saying that he's a bad actor because he has been in other films but they're like typically like the not i'm not talking about like what a pursuit of happiness pursuit of happiness or something like that where he's like doing something a little bit more nuanced i'm talking about like in men in black He's not this rich, nuanced character. He's yeah. playing like goofy, fun mm-hmm. Will Smith in a blockbuster, in you know, in uh, Wild Wild West, you know, Independence See, Day. Independence Day. Yeah. Not this like really interesting character. He's he's fun to watch and he's good in those roles, and like you know, you could say the same thing for like Samuel L. Jackson, unless he's doing something that's like you know, kind of maybe a little weirder. Like if he's at a Quentin Tarantino movie, yes. Okay. He's playing this tapestried kind of nuanced character for the most parts usually. But if you see him in like 
oh, like, here's this movie. It's the black cop and Eugene Levy, and they're teamed up, and it's goofy. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff you don't see very often mm -hmm. in these huge movies. But, so we keep saying we keep saying nuanced and rich, but I really want to get back to the idea that, like, he Chadwick, so Chadwick Boseman, shout outs to you all around. You're amazing. But, um, but I want to get back to the fact that like he gets very emotional in the movie. Yes. He gets, he feels sadness. He feels mm -hmm. despair. He feels vulnerable. He becomes vulnerable around the women in his life, you know, and how these are, it, it's just, it's such an important thing for, for all men, for all men to see like this kind of representation. Cause we don't get that representation. Yeah. You know, so so it's not just like, you know, being because I, I would argue that like, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson plays interesting characters in Quentin Tarantino movies. But yeah, but no, I would no, not no. describe any of them as emotional. emotional. Yeah, I would true. not describe yeah, any absolutely. of them as vulnerable. Yeah. You know, so I was mostly getting to the fact that they, they often play like, oh, we need we need Samuel L. Jackson to be in this movie to yell at some snakes. Yeah. Hey, hey, oh, Samuel he, L. Jackson. He was there for that, yeah. though. And he, he brought hundred percent of sneaks on. No, the he did. We need you to fight, uh, fight Palpatine with well, the purple lightsaber. Yeah. God. let's not talk about <laughs> that because because that. that could have been literally anyone delivering yeah. those lines. What I'm talking about is like usually when you get well, we need to get a black guy for this role. Like the idea is you need someone that's like, like loud and obnoxious, or you need someone who's like angry. Or you need someone who's goofy. And that's like 95% of black characters in major blockbusters. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, the emotional, like the, the emotional tapestry thing is extremely important too. But this is a character like like Chris Tucker could not have played T'Challa. Is yeah. kind of what I'm trying to get at here. Like this is a he is more regal than like than like four, you know what he's I mean? He's a fucking king. He's a king. Well, like, I mean, well, four like, is a four I is saw, a king. I like that's the, kind of that's why I was drawing the comparison. I don't know if this is bad visuals in my head, but like when I saw him address the UN, and when I saw him in 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 kind of the yeah. disguise of I'm the king of a third world country. Yeah, I saw. Like, like I thought they were channeling like Haley Selassie, like the yeah. emperor of, of Ethiopia. Yeah. Especially when yeah. he went up, up onto the podium in front of the League of Nations, like, like that kind of imagery was present in those mm -hmm. scenes. Yeah. It's very kind of regal, but also real. Yes. You know, yeah. figure. Yeah. Yeah, and like again, it's he feels much more than just about any other character in the MCU, like a real person mm -hmm. which because this is kind of it's almost a shakespearean drama and like yeah. the, the way that this plays out mm -hmm. like yeah. the long lost cousin that was thought dead comes back for his claim on the throne yeah, yeah. like that's a shakespeare they, play they talk and especially michael b jordan as killmonger has yeah. these incredibly poetic lines yes. like like hey, the auntie. one at the end no. <laughs> No, 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 but like the one at the end that he says about like just throw me, throw Bury my body in the sea. Those yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, he's got those like fun quips in there, like, hey, Auntie. But like the speech that he does in the beginning when we first meet him, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like he, there's a lot of these Shakespearean qualities oh, yeah. to, the, to the nature of the script, which is incredible. Anyway, yeah. Black Panther, go see it. Go it's, see it. It's fucking it's great. Fucking, fucking great. great. Um, it's going to be one of the few.
few of the, like these Marvel movies that I actually really want to go back and watch again. <laughs> oh no, we're buying this on Blu-ray. Oh, absolutely. Like you're fucking hating me. All of right. Course. Uh, yeah. So Alex, you got a you got a webcomic of the week this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, if if that's all we've got for Black I, Panther, I think I've we've said everything we're gonna are, say. Are you gonna uh, give it more praises? Like, uh, what, like what else <laughs> did we not praise? Uh, uh, the cinematography is pretty good too. I mean, you were talking yeah, about the yeah. the the. Speaking on another thing about life imitating art, um, there's another movement that kind of has been going around to, it's probably not going to come anything with the current uh, administration, but to try to get pardons for the original Black Panther members that are still in prison. yes! Yeah. Yes! Oh, I am totally there for that. Yeah, so... I'm totally here for this. Oh, I'm going to get, like, uh, my my phone is gonna get bugged, isn't it? Like, I just, <laughs> maybe I should not have announced that so loudly and publicly. But oh well. I mean, oh, I think well. our phones are already bugged. That's the point <laughs> of the NSA. This angry, angry socialists just, get together every just other just week cover to yell. Up, cover up this uh, webcam here. Uh, you don't have tape on this thing. You should. Get I tape. don't. Yeah. I don't. Whatever. Anyway, if, if people want to, never mind. <laughs> So, webcomic of the week. Webcomic of the week. All right. Now, I've been getting it to the point where I'm starting to forget whether or not I actually brought up these webcomics because I don't keep a list or anything. Uh, Um, Unprofessional. You just need to start listening to our podcast. I do. Yeah. yeah, And you should all listen to our podcast, too. Um, They're already doing that. Dang it. <laughs> right. we've, we've been talking for two hours. <laughs> if anyone's heard that, there's all right. We got to bring this home. Just tell right, us your, right. your webcomic so, of the week. Um, you guys like D&D, right? Uh, no. I've known to play once in a while. Okay. <laughs> Do you like um, fun pink horses that go on adventures? Yes. Uh, would you like to have the two of them combined? Probably. In the webcomic called Friendship is Dragons. Oh my god, what? Yes. What? So I guess I haven't talked about this. Oh, okay. Jesus. So Friendship is Dragons, kind of like how uh, Darth's and Droids is taking Star Wars screen captures and turning it into a role-playing game kind of thing. Okay. Uh Friendship is Dragons is that same kind of concept, but with My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And so it's taking, you know, screenshots from the from the early seasons and from episodes that are particularly, you know, that kind of adventure kind of thing, and restructuring them and restitching them together to be a kind of D&D story. And it is it is pretty fun if you like both of those things if you don't okay. like either if you'd like one and not the other and you might not necessarily get on board with it but if you like both of those things then you would definitely want to want to try this like awesome. for for example um uh they they give all the the characters are given D classes so like uh that kind of fit um uh rainbow dash for example is a barbarian that makes sense um rarity is a rogue but a social rogue so like her her like her alternate character interpretation is not just that she makes dresses, but that she makes dresses in order to try to fit in on high society and then be like a, a like a gentleman thief kind of thing. I can see that. Um, I can see that. And so the, there's all these kind of alternate... rarity is my favorite. Rarity is your favorite. Oh fuck yeah! All right, then you should probably check this out because <laughs> this this whole like first arc is largely her story and dealing with the thieves guild and all that. Oh, kind okay, of stuff. nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, it is called Friendship is Dragons. It updates uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. Thank you. And uh, that's my webcomic of the week. All right, guys. And I know that that's usually the last thing we talk no, about. No, you usually no. find some other Stop kind it. of thing to put after. Yeah, breaking news. I have just discovered the, the existence of a new game called David Lynch Teaches Typing. <laughs> 
Uh, so expect my full review of that in two weeks, because I'm going to go download that right now. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, this has been Some Nerds Have a Podcast. My name is... Oh. What? My name is Elise. You can catch us on Facebook at Some Nerds Have a Fan Page. You should like and follow us on Twitter. At Please follow us on Twitter. We have like seven followers and only two of them, I think, are real people. <laughs> <laughs> are the rest of them Russian bots? I don't know. Uh, at Some Nerds Pod. Uh, follow us, of course, on SoundCloud and subscribe for updates. And if you feel so inclined and maybe we said something horrendously wrong and you feel the need to correct us, or maybe you just want to give us a shout out, Please give us a line at some nerds have an email at gmail.com. I'm sorry, what was that again? Some nerds have an email at gmail.com. This Hi. has been Elise. I'm Nick. And I'm Alex. And thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night.